Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew, Richard, Karim, Seth, and me, Tomer, hello, we discuss Commander-related topics. So today, we are going to be talking about our favorite political cards in Commander. And the definition of politic political cards is going to vary. Um, one definition I like using, for example, is uh, cards that can potentially give your opponents resources. But another more broad definition you can also use for political cards would be just like cards that will require the input of the rest of the table to see how it resolves. And I think that's probably like the most safe version of defining politics, something that like basically gets the entire table involved with the card outside of like, you know, whether or not they want to interact with removal or block it or, or, or some such like that. So let's just kick things off uh, with uh, Seth. What is your first uh, favorite political card? Uh, well, this might be a little bit cheating because it's really a mechanic more than an individual card. But I think the best political mechanic in all of Commander uh, by far is the Monarch mechanic. So uh, there's a bunch of different examples of this. One of them would be uh, Court of Grace, which uh, when it enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, you make a 1-1 Spirit. If you're the Monarch, you get a 4-4 Angel instead. But the big deal about the Monarch is on your end step, you get to draw a card. And then if you take combat damage, the person who dealt you the combat damage gets the monarchy. So it just keeps moving around the table. So even though you're going to draw the card the first turn that you become the monarch, uh, you're going to end up giving it to your opponents most likely eventually. And it creates this really fun, I think, uh, sub game within a game of commander where people do a lot to draw that extra card, uh, incentivizes the table to attack. I just think it's a, an amazing multiplayer mechanic. So I, I love the monarchy. It's one of, one of my favorites. I would start every game of commander with the monarch in play uh, if I could. I think that would be really fun i mean i i definitely agree with you I, I love the monarch mechanic it's one of my favorite i think it is my favorite multiplayer mechanic that they ever produced it just kind of like makes the game move forward it forces people to uh take risky actions it forces them or it highly incentivizes them to attack and spend resources and just be more aggressive and push the game forward i love what it does to a game of commander but it's also just not it's not like entirely backbreaking like if you're not the monarch you're not like oh i guess i lose the game it's just, it's just like a powerful it's a strong enough incentive for what it needs to do and uh, what it does is, is fantastic i agree with you guys i love it when someone plays a monarch card but i actually never want to play one like, there's not that many good ones, right? Like, I mean, like, Marchesa, you got to actually play, like, a Marchesa deck, right? And, mm -hmm. like, there's no kind of generic, like, I don't know, like, a Swords to Plowshares or something that with Monarch. So I think the closest one is Throne of the High City or whatever, the land that just gives you the Monarchy. But that's, like, mm -hmm. super slow and a contested land slot. So, like, what, what are, like, the good generic cards to throw in your deck if you want a Monarch emblem? So I think... I, I think number one for me, uh, and you do have to deal with color considerations, but I think Palace Jailer is just like a generically good removal spell that you can play in basically any white deck, and you're probably going to get value out of it. Just uh, four mana exiles a creature until you are not the Monarch, so it is temporary removal, but it is good removal, and we got a lot more support with the latest uh, Commander Legends. The whole cycle of courts are actually pretty good. They all do something even if you're not the Monarch, but then if you are the Monarch, they kind of get like super powered so i feel like 
we're getting more and more generically good ways really throughout all the colors that uh that you can put into your deck and get value of uh, we have some that really want you to be the monarch like uh jared one of the new commanders that like really rewards you for being the monarch but there's a lot of the the monarch cards that don't really require you to be the monarch to get value out of them they just get way better if you do happen to be the monarch plus it like adds this fun element to the game so i think i think we're getting more and more good monarch support honestly yeah, I think the, the Court Cycle is one of their best. I really like Court of Grace. I think that's one of the strongest, but also Court of Ire. Just like repeatedly either shocking small utility creatures for two or uh, blowing something up for seven pretty much kills anything. Um, other cards that I've enjoyed with the Monarchy that I've played and, and, and I like playing. Uh, Custodial Lich is when you become the Monarch. You, you become the Monarch when it enters the battlefield. And when you become the Monarch, monarch target player sacrifices a creature. Which is a nice little two for one for uh for five mana and Dongglade Regent. Uh, as long as you're the monarch, permanency control have hexproof. It's an expensive one, but it's still pretty good. Ember Wild, oh Ember Wild Captain, that is one that I've gotten some good value out of. You become the monarch, and then also when your opponents are attacking you while you're the monarch, uh, it deals damage to the player equal to the number of cards in their hand. So they actually have to start thinking about you know how much do they want this monarchy back. Um, so that one can do a lot of good damage in like a burn deck, for example. Um, so there's, yeah, some of them are kind of janky and there's not a lot, uh, for my quick scryfall search, there's only 32 cards, but I feel like this is something that they can keep opening up and, and adding to. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't like it a whole bunch. Am I the only one that likes Court of Cunning <laughs> or like, <laughs> or the, the mill one? I, I think the mill one is hilariously fun. Like, <laughs> I mean, the cards get you the... killed on the spot. That's the problem. Like, uh, if, yeah. when you have the monarch, someone wants to kill you already, right? They want to take the crown. But when you put a court there, they're like, oh, we really need to kill you, right? Because the courts are so powerful that I feel they're a combo piece. Like, if you just play it casually, you're just going to die on the spot. So you need mm. to actually combo with it or do something. I feel like, like, but Court no. of Cunning, I think, I think Court of Cunning's good if you're a mill deck, but I think that just like, randomly milling opponents if you're not a mill deck is a lot of times a a, a negative in commander because there's just so many graveyard shenanigans that i really don't want to just incidentally mill people unless my plan is to mill you out of the game i mean yeah the, yeah, yeah. De definitely if my plan is like like on a just a basic general sense then uh like you know court of grace is probably the best one and i also love those so i mean i don't really like the Dongglade one but it is powerful right like it is very powerful so I, I I don't know I think there's a lot of good monarch stuff, so right. and it, it it adds a fun mini game to the game. Hmm. This is all hypothetical because I've like never seen you guys play any of these cards aside <laughs> from like the monarch commanders. But let me get, drop my pick, which I back up every week. Okay, oh, it's no. Coveted Jewel. <laughs> Six mana, mana rock, right? Tap to add three mana of any color. It enters untapped. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, draw three cards. And when one or more creatures an opponent controls attacks you and aren't blocked, that player uh, draws three cards and gains control of Coveted Jewel, untap it. Uh, most underrated card. I put in literally every deck because I always play creature decks. It draws you cards. And then if you get hit... It, the next person gets to draw cards, and it's basically the Monarch on steroids, right? You get three <laughs> cards instantly, you get three mana, and uh, there are shenanigans you can do. Like, the Monarch is an emblem. You can't, like, 
take it back, really, without an actual attack uh, or a card that specifically does that. But Covenant Jewel, you can blink. Uh, you've seen me blink with Aminatu. Uh, you can flicker wisp it. You can do a lot of things. You can let Tomer take it and then die instantly. Uh, so <laughs> this is like Monarch on steroids, but you can put it in any deck as long as you're playing a lot of creatures. Right? If you play a lot of creatures, most likely people won't be able to attack through you. And you can give favors, right? You can choose not to block to give someone cards if, if they really want, right? Or the mana needed to, let's say, undo inversion, right? Like, you, there are things you can do to, to do uh, work around this. So I actually really like this card, and it is severely underplayed, and I play it in all of my decks, like all of my decks. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta ask you, Richard, you said all your decks, like... I feel like most of the time when we see you play, you got some sort of shenanigan. Like, you got a way to sack it, a way to blink it. Like, even if you don't have any shenanigans, do you still like it? Like, just yep. in a vacuum. Okay. It, it, like, birds. I put in birds. <laughs> right? Like, there's no shenanigans there. Like, there's no artifact yeah. synergy. There's no blinking synergy. Like, any tribal deck, I'll, like, stick in there. Basically, if I'm playing creatures. If I'm playing Spellslinger, then, yeah, it's probably not going in there. But if I'm playing creatures, it's going in. How good? How good is it? In a, in a table without both me and Seth literally killing each other over it. <laughs> everyone. Everyone wants the cards. Like, like, the worst case scenario is you draw three, right? Yeah. And then your opponent takes it from you. They draw three, get three mana. But then, like, they'll get hit, right? And it goes around. It's just like a supercharged Howling Mine, like a supercharged group hug card. It's a supercharged in, monarch. Yeah. In, in the yeah. best case, you keep it. Right. And no yeah. one can take it from you. Right. And it's like super high value. So in the most worst case, I don't even think it's that bad. Right. It's just you give everyone mana and you give everyone cards. Group hug. Leave me alone. And I, and, <laughs> and you do and you do benefit from it first. Like you're the one that gets it the first turn. So you are getting that upside out of it. You've definitely sold me on it. It's a card that I would have never really considered playing, even though I love the Monarch. But seeing you play it week after week, it's been really impressive in a lot of games. It's it's I, been better. I, it's been net positive more than it's been net negative. How about that? <laughs> right? Like sometimes yeah. it really like destroys me, but like that's more rare, right? So, so I feel like it's it been better? net positive because you've been blinking it a lot. Because oh, <laughs> Crim can't attack me with his no creatures, so it's great. <laughs> you got control I players mean, at the table; they can't touch with, the jewel. Without me even attacking, I feel like yeah, like Seth had mentioned, you're constantly blinking it. <laughs> it's 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 so funny though. This is a card that like when it came out. I said I'd only run it in two decks. I'd run it in a blink deck, and I'd run it in uh, artifact decks that can reliably sacrifice it, like goblin, like decks that run Goblin Welder and Goblin Engineer and the Ready and stuff like that. Like basically, any red artifact deck is going to be like super, super good with it because you can just like, play it, and then you can sacrifice it, and you can return it back from the the graveyard and sacrifice it again. But like, yeah, the more the more Richard keeps getting us with it, the more I'm like, well, I guess if I have a bunch of creatures that attack, I guess it's good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it doesn't. I I want to say it's not good. I want to say it's overrated and it's gonna backfire. But like, in our play group, we just he keeps he keeps playing it and he keeps getting value out of it. And yeah, it could it could it could it could bite you sometimes. And it does bite. I think it bit Richard like one game. But like then there's other games where I mean I'm gonna have a card popping up Bing, where like me and Seth Lily f- killed each other, Lily killed each other over <laughs> over the stupid Covenant Jewel, and I I don't like it because because of how much I got got by it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you got it. You got it. I'll I'll attack anyone for the monarch. <laughs> I will. You don't even want to know what I would do for a draw three monarch. Like I, I will go all out. We saw that in that game. Like I emptied my hand and like tutored up multiple removal. You spells. tutored oh. for it. You could have tutored up card draw, but you're like, no, I'm gonna tutor up like one thing to two for one myself to get it. Ah. And then, I, and then I I didn't even get it in the end. I don't think if I you remember didn't. correctly. I thought we died. No, you you basically both died, and I drew six. <laughs> I, I I do have That's to say, Richard, I'm, sh I'm shocked your number one card was not Dowsing Dagger. I gotta say, because it's it not political. Okay, I guess you have to give them plans. plans. You you totally could have gotten away with it, but you didn't. Respect. <laughs> All right, we'll move on uh, to my pick, which is uh, definitely my absolute favorite uh, political card that I run in every single red deck. It's Curse of Opulence. Uh, this is a one mana red aura curse uh, that you attach to a player, so you enchant a player, and then every single time uh, you or an opponent uh, attacks uh, the cursed player, uh, whoever attacks gets uh, a gold token, and uh, you, the owner of the aura, always get a gold token as well. So if you attack the, the cursed person, you get a, you get a, a gold token. And uh, when an opponent attacks uh, the cursed person, they get a gold token and you get a gold token. This is a one-drop mana. It's like basically a ramp card in, in red. Uh, it, it has artifact support synergies as well because the gold is an artifact. Uh, you sacrifice, you add one mana to it. So if there's anything that triggers of artifacts, you can again you can sacrifice it to like a goblin uh, welder or whatever to get back your coveted jewel from the graveyard or something like that. But like, I run it in literally every single red deck. It's, it's getting a little bit kind of expensive these days because it sorely needs a reprint. Holy moly, it's almost thirteen dollars right now. But I've been run, I've been an advocate of it since day one. I run in literally every single red deck I I can, and uh, I've never been disappointed. It's very good. It always surprises me that people really will choose who they attack based on getting a single treasure token. And you're even giving the person who has the, the curse a treasure token. When I first read Curse of Opulence, I was like, oh, that, uh, like that's not enough. That's not who's gonna, who's gonna attack to get a single a Lotus Petal? Who's gonna, and they gotta give someone a Lotus Petal, but it definitely is. Like everyone wants to get that. <laughs> everyone wants to get that treasure token. It takes token, so much extra it really, damage. <laughs> it really, yeah, it really does. It's like kind of absurd how far people go for that. Which is why that new uh, red curse is going to be sweet. <laughs> yeah, the new red curse is also very much in line with this. But this one, this one always benefits you, the owner of it, as well. Like, yeah. Even if, even if an opponent attacks for it. And, and that's, like, the greatest thing is, like, I'll have a curse of an opulence. And I know that person wants, like, the mutual enemy wants to attack me. But they want that gold token. And, you know, they only have one creature. So... I guess they're attacking the cursed person. The poor cursed person is like losing like twenty extra life just because they're cursed. All right, here here's my hot take. Ten minutes into the podcast, okay, curses are terrible for. <gasps> I actually hate them. So, so yeah, right. Yeah, this yeah. card is insanely strong. This is like a soul ring, right? It's like Teferi's protection. It's like one of those like S plus 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 tier cards, but there is no politics here, right? You essentially slap it on a person. That person dies. There's no <laughs> negotiating. There's nothing. It's like all of the curses do this, right? Including like, uh, like the newest curses where people just like literally lose the game, right? Like there's, it, it just makes one person get destroyed by the rest of the table. And that is not net fun in my opinion. And what? 
I, I don't know, right? Four, like, yeah, it's just four people at the table. What do you mean? It, it's so oppressive, right? It's just it ends the game for one person. So I really dislike these kind of effects. And essentially, all curses do this, right? Uh, and the better the incentive, the worse it is for that person. So anything about drawing cards, anything about getting mana, uh, that person's just gonna get destroyed, right? And if they're, they're kept around, it's because they're a blood bag, right? Like you want to keep them around and keep the resources running. So. I dislike this card. I think it's a good I, way to ruin someone's experience, right? Like, just throw a Curse of Opulence on them and, like, enjoy your game of Commander, friend, <laughs> right? I didn't know that we, we should have added this into the Salt podcast. I didn't know Richard was that salty. I'm very it. salty about curses now. I've changed my I, opinion on those. Somebody's got to die. <laughs> this just expedites it. Look. Not a 3v1 death, though. That's just, like, cruel. <laughs> well, if you just have blockers, Richard, nobody can attack you. Yeah, just, just blockers. You wouldn't curse Duck. that person. Never. You would curse the guy with no blockers, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Fair. I mean, is Curse of Opulence really that bad, though? Like, it only... I feel like the new curses are especially egregious. Like, Curse of Opulence, you only got to attack them with a creature. The new curses really incentivize you to just, like, murder the person that they're on. Like, swing your entire team, and it gives them evasion. <laughs> like, I feel like Wizards has maybe went a little bit too far, but I don't find, like, Curse of Opulence to be... I don't know. Like, people live for a long time with a, cur a Curse of Opulence on them. When Curse of Hospitality, like, you're going to die in two turn cycles or something. Like, you're going <laughs> to immediately just be dead. Yeah. I, I mean, the like new ones are definitely a lot more egregious <laughs> than Curse of Opulence. But Curse of Opulence is so good. <laughs> it is an interesting perspective that I never considered before that the person who is getting cursed is kind of getting completely dunked on. I mean, it's uh, a which, curse. It's not a, a yeah. curse. It's not friendship, right? It's not yeah. a curse of friendship. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like, it's, it's it got to be misery. It's just Curse of Auckland's is so mana efficient. And I just I just think of it as basically a mana rock in my in my red decks. I'm not actually thinking about the, the, the victim's perspective on that one. <laughs> and now that I'm starting to think about it, I'm like, yeah, that could be kind of mean. But also, I'm still going to run in every single red deck. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. It is me. There's a CDH. There's a social game. What are we doing? Are we winning? Are we having fun? Come on. You can, I mean, come on. You got you to throw some punches somewhere along the way. Curses just help ex expedite it. Also, yeah. it's not even true that like people always get uh, get punched by having the curse. I Literally, one episode of Commander Clash, I forgot who it was. I think... Seth had a curse, but Tomer and I still attacked each other. <laughs> I also like I also like this now also as being very vindictive because like you know we don't hold grudges, but sometimes we do, and we actually really do. So like Richard's like, hey, Richard, remember that last time you just completely dunked on me with a covenant jewel? Well, guess what, buddy? Curse of Opulence, turn one. Let's go. <laughs> what do you mean you randomly rolled a d6 and it just landed yeah, on meeny, Richard? Meeny, miny, Richard. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Krim, what do you got for us for a political card? So, uh, you know, like like Richard had mentioned, right, the, the curse thing, it doesn't real, there's no real politicking, right? But let, let's, let's talk about some sweet politics here, okay? You get my favorite card, probably my number one card, and I think more effects like this should exist in Commander, at least ones that where, like, tables can, like, interact with it, and it is Lethal Vapors. 
Now, this may not seem like a political card, but the thing here is the whole table does have to work together, talk amongst themselves. I mean, I don't have to do anything, but that's fine. But the thing here, like the person that plays it is just going to be like, okay, well, you know what? It's up to you three now to figure out what how you want to resolve this. And I think that actually, like, whether or not the effect of Lethal Vapors needs to be completely reprinted every time, I do think that, like, the idea that a card where the entire table can just keep playing and, like, like working around it, playing like a PvE deck builder kind of game. I think that that is fun. I think that is great. I mean, <laughs> the best part is I also don't have to do anything. I just get to watch everyone else try to figure it out. <laughs> I've never really thought of I've never thought of Lethal Vapors as a political card, but I I kind of see where you're going with that. It does force the table, well, hopefully, to work together to get rid of it. Yeah, huh. yeah. you need you it, need to choose someone to skip the turn, and you're negotiating what they get for it, which is like we won't kill you. And mm -hmm. then ironically, this is like cursing yourself because. Mm -hmm. Whoever plays this, like everyone's gonna try to kill them, and you've just made three enemies who will band together. Uh, but I mean, that's only at our table, right? Because you you could conceive of like say two control decks or something, or two combo decks at a table where no one has creatures, and you're using it to oppress the creature decks, right? And so you're working together to keep the lethal vapors on the battlefield, right? It's a it's a political card, one way or the other, right? It is. It is. The control decks are banding together, and then the poor creature deck is like, I guess I lose a turn. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever remember us having a conversation about like who's gonna skip their turn and the other people protecting him. I feel like we just complain about it and then like you know attack crim when we can until someone yeah. draws a disenchant or something. You know what's <laughs> that, funny? That's Seth? how I remember those games going. <laughs> that's because you played it. <laughs> Wait, you... uh, when did I play Lethal Vapor? <laughs> it was in your Racta, whatever the Rakdos deck was in the most recent week. Mogus. It was Mogus, and you oh. played it. I mean, I love the card. It's so good in Mogus, so... though, because it doesn't. It, it's indestructible. I like that. As soon as you played it, I was happy, though. I was like, yo, that is a sweet card, even if it is totally ruining my creature game plan right now so i real. did pitch the conversation i was like okay who wants to skip their turn for this because if not we're gonna be in trouble how how did it end i don't actually remember how did it leave the battlefield did i die uh yeah you just you just straight up okay it's just a curse on yourself <laughs> everyone just kills you but but it yeah. is funny right like and it's it's it does add politics to the game and i and and whether or not you like lethal vapor specifically that's fine as i had mentioned but i do want also just more things where the table can interact like nullhide mm. ferox is one of the ones that has that ability where you could pay two to remove the hex proof or someone can Right. So like I, I just think more things like that would be sweet. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just I'll just like to to also just disclaimer again. Comments don't don't pile up right now. We're just we're talking about cards that specifically allow interaction built into the the wording, right? You can pile up. I can take it. <laughs> give me it. Give me, give me that sodium. I love it. <laughs> Negative comments are still comments. Who's that algorithm voice? <laughs> but right, like, like it is a politic card, right? It's not like this is not a, pol a political card. Yeah. I think this is technically more political than a curse, like an actual like curse of opulence, right? And I, and I think that the idea that m a table working around it makes it a lot of fun. 
I don't know. Confirm standstill every deck. Yeah, I, I don't know if fun, <laughs> fun is the but... word I I use to describe it, but I also would I I don't think I've ever seen a person with lethal vapors uh actually win the game off it. They usually get they usually it usually backfires. Like it will get removed, and then everybody will remember the person who put lethal vapors mm. on the battlefield, and they'll just attack relentlessly. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But it is funny. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a lock piece, right? So it is a lock piece. so people don't. You either finish a job and lock everyone out, or you just die, right? You can't yeah. like half lock a table. It has to uh, be exiled for for me to not attack the person anymore. Basically, uh, no. I'm a, I'm attacking him the rest of the game. I don't even care if it's exiled. Like once you play it, like you you deserve what's coming to you. <laughs> you so know it's the person you who ran it. Hey, I uh, I would moving deserve on. It as well. Seth, what do you got for All us? Right, we have. We have one of my favorite cards that the only reason I don't play this in every deck that I could play it in is I forget on occasion, but that is Fractured Identity, <laughs> a five mana Azorius sorcery speed removal spell that exiles a non-land permanent and gives each player other than the player who controlled that permanent a token copy of that permanent. So it's removal. It also is kind of like a weird theft effect where you get a copy of it and you're being nice and giving copies to two other opponents as well. There are like weird janky combos that you can play with it. But uh, really, I think this card is just really sweet. It's a cool removal spell. It hits any non-land for five mana, which already isn't bad. And there is some, you know, risk to it because you're giving two other people copies of it, but you're also getting a copy of it. So I, I love cards like this. I think the best political cards are ones that uh, benefit you the most. Uh, and this is one of those cards that you you get to choose the target, so you should choose the best target for you, and you get to answer the best thing on the table while also maybe making friends with a couple of other people and making one person <laughs> probably a little unhappy. But I think this card is sweet, but I've never seen it used fairly. <laughs> it's always like giving out phage leveler. Yeah, uh, like, but like, that's yeah. part of the fun. <laughs> I mean, once again, like I, I. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely, and I—I I mean, I haven't seen Seth play it, so maybe that's the difference. But every time I've seen this, it is some kind of piece I do not want. I just want to get your mold drifter or whatever. You're, you're trying to remove drifter. something, but you're giving all your opponents that same thing you're trying to remove. So that well, cannot be the right play, right? You must be I, comboing with this, right? I think it, I think it's like if you're trying to deal with the arch enemy, this is like this is like one of the best ways to like immediately swing the the momentum away from the arch enemy player like they have a they have a dominant position the, the the table needs to gang up and and beat that arch enemy and one of the best ways is if you exile their best their best threats and then you give everybody else that threat and now you can use those that to uh to beat the person to death with it it's like a really good way to uh to turn the tables on someone but also there's no way you're running fractured identity in your deck without having like phage or I have it I have it in my Zezure deck and I have yeah, a combo yeah. with nine limes. So you like <laughs> you exile you cast nine limes. Nine limes nine limes has a lot of text that says you, when you lose a battlefield you lose the game. So you, you fractured identity your own nine limes and uh, you give everybody a copy of nine limes. Your you lose the game trigger goes on the stack and in response you use an instant speed mass enchantment removal like Patrician Scorn. Destroying all the token nine lives, there to leave the battlefield, lose the game, triggers go on the stack before yours, resolve first, and then you win the game. 
And I've never, I've never pulled it off, but it, it is the reason why Fractured Identity is in there. <laughs> but sometimes I would cast it without, without the combo if, if I need to deal with a, a threat, you know, send a message. I, they, I feel like <laughs> legit people just hold on to it. Even if there was a problematic permanent, most people just hold on to this and they just Look, wait until they combo. A, if there's a Ristic study on the battlefield... And so, <laughs> this this makes then, it worse. Then you will right? add three heuristic studies <laughs> yeah. to the battlefield. Then I'll be like, this is what you all get. <laughs> I fractured identity, and now all, everybody but that person has the, the heuristic study. And then everybody was like, oh, you want to pay for that? You want to pay three? Huh? Do you? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I've never done it, but like this is what I this, these are my happy dreams, you know. I would be offended if somebody just thoughts. put Anissa who shakes the world on my board. Do not disgust me by putting that on my board. Kill this. What do you mean? You always play green. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. My next card. Secret Rendezvous. One white, white. Sorcery. You and target opponent each draw three cards. I believe this goes in every single white deck. Uh, every single deck with white. Unless you're paired with a strong card draw color which is only blue and black i think even green you would play this uh and you draw three cards three mana draw three cards and white is incredible and then you just give someone whose mana screwed three cards right you just like help someone at the table you can give it to seth and he will be your you know your lieutenant for the rest of the game forever yeah right it it only the only downside is when you're down to like 1v1 and you top deck this then this is horrendous but before then with at least two other players, you can always give it to another person and then team up on the remaining person. So to me, there's no downside to this. It's all upside. Uh, if you cast it early enough, they discard as well if they haven't played enough cards. <laughs> so yeah, every single white deck this is in, uh, even like two, three color decks, I put this in a lot. It's just three mana draw oh, yeah. It's like painful truths. You can notion thief it. <laughs> yeah, you can well, do that. if you're in white, you can alms collector it. Oh Ooh. yes, does that work? I think it works. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel it. like you're a little you're a little higher on it than I am. Like mm. I can see it in mono white, but three colors, even in green, that like I don't know. If you got the ability to draw cards, why do you want your opponent to draw cards? Is it really like is uh, currying that political? favor really that powerful that it's that it's better than just playing something else that can draw you cards that doesn't give it to political favor there's always someone who's not a threat at the table so you giving them more cards like does it like really matter you know what i mean like yeah i mean i guess what you don't want to do is give the three cards to like the combo players about to pop off right you don't want to do that (laughs) right but usually there's someone at the table who you can throw these to. Like someone, you know, always give someone the plants, always give someone the three cards. Like there's always someone who's not in a, a good position that you can give cards to and it's like irrelevant. The one thing I dislike about it is it technically benefits your opponent more because like you're spending the card. I wish it was like, and you mana. draw three and your opponent draws two or something. Like you're spending three mana in your card, your opponent gets three cards, you're kinda only up two cards because you spent the card. So this I is a uh, white that's card, something Seth. I... Be grateful you drew more than one card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> It'd be like you gave two life. Your opponent draws six cards. Like what? Mark Rosewater is upset that it, that it said you could only draw more than one card, and he was he fought tooth and nail against us one Seth. All right, <laughs> you should fair have enough, only drawn enough. one card, and your opponent draws three. All right, that's that was the first draft. Your opponent draws three, you gain two life. <laughs> <laughs> it's balanced. But like if you if you need a wrath on the table, you're like here, Seth. You know you're going next, right? Here, draw three cards into yeah. the wrath, right? Or you know whatever, right? You, there's lots of mm. things you can do uh, by giving cards out, and you can make friends forever, right? Mm. If I give Seth I will be your cards, I'm sure they'll do my bidding <laughs> for at least a couple turns. <laughs> I mean, true. I don't, I don't hate this card, but yeah, I feel like you get the short end of the stick when you cast it a little bit. So I'm not You're high white. on it as versus, You're white. But... What options do you have? <laughs> I don't know. It's play or as an equipment, so you can actually draw cards a good way. I don't know. I don't run. I don't run white decks that are not are not equipment or aura decks because i'm not a i definitely masochist. i definitely buy it for mono white uh, the two three color idea uh, yeah. i haven't gotten that far yet all right i'll show you the birds have to come back i'll show you yeah <laughs> the birds are we having got, a rendezvous we're, we're meeting yeah. up yeah, yeah. You secret in rendezvous blue and then in, in you, the color blue I'll, i will you show you the secret rendezvous yeah secret rendezvous and then play a tosk and be like see guys secret rendezvous so good Drops does, it drew you into a turn four tosky that's perfect broken all right moving on uh <laughs> this is one of my favorite uh cycles of cards but i'm gonna choose just you know one to talk about um way back in the day we got an offering cycle uh, so one for each color but my favorite of the bunch has to be volcanic offering this is a five mana red instant that says destroy target non-basic land you don't control and target non-basic land of an opponent's choice you don't control and volcanic offering deals seven damage to target creature you don't control and seven damage to target creature of an opponent's choice you don't control so you get to choose a non-basic land and basically kill any creature because it deals seven damage so it kills pretty much all but the biggest creatures so you get to kill one creature and you get to destroy one non-basic land at instant speed and then you essentially get to double up on that because you get to choose an opponent and they also get to blow up a non-basic land and blow up a creature as long as none, neither of those targets are stuff that you own. So you're basically blowing up two non-basic lands and blowing up two threatening creatures for five mana at instant speed. I think this rate is pretty insane. It's also really easy to kind of coerce your opponents to choose stuff that would be mutually beneficial for both of you. So usually when I cast this card, I'm like, all right, I'm going to blow up this problematic lane, like this Cabal Coffers or something. And then how about you choose, you know, this flipped Dowsing Dagger, <laughs> and, you know? And uh, and then we blow up the two creatures. So like, I've always, I've always seen this card overperform and it's kind of crazy that I don't see it more often, to be honest, because this card is like two bucks. So it's not like super expensive or anything. And red just typically doesn't really have amazing instant speed creature removal. Um, so it does both, and it's blowing up lanes at the same time. So you can get rid of those flip darling daggers, you know? So I love it. <laughs> I, I feel like specifically that card is... It's still it, pretty cool, though. I do like C14. it. It's C14. It's only in 1%. Of commander decks according to EDH rec. Like I feel this is a card we saw a lot like in the past, but we haven't seen as much anymore. And I don't know why. Like, has it been replaced by something? Is five mana removal too much? Uh is seven mana or seven damage not enough to kill creatures nowadays? Like it's five mana for a four for one though. Yeah. It's crazy. At instant yeah. speed. 
I mean, I, I do think it's a, a solid card. I'm actually not sure. I don't know why we don't see it more. I do agree with Richard that we used to see it more often. I honestly kind of forgot that it existed. <laughs> hmm. So that I, I don't know if so many commander products come out now. I wonder how many of these pretty good older cards just end up getting overshadowed at no fault of their own just because the next cool thing came out in the next precon and that's what everyone's focused on. But I, I should probably play this card more often. Let's play on new version. This is like a crimp <laughs> card too. It's an instant card. So like crimp I like draw it. go every single time. This is like a crimp card. Uh, but it's five mana. He has to have five mana. Yeah, but if he, if he doesn't problem. have his mana for Crim's anything on his there. turn, he'll always have that mana up. And, yeah. Well, I mean like literally land count. That's the only problem. Yeah. <laughs> By turn 12, he'll have the five mana to cast. Yes, finally. Fine. Finally. <laughs> is like, the rest of the people... offering cycle any good? Uh, this is yes. a whole cycle, right? So, so another one that I really like is Intellectual Offering. That's my second favorite one. It's the blue one. Uh, so also five mana instant. Uh, you and uh, an opponent each draw three cards. And you and an opponent uh, untap all uh, non-land permits you control. Um, so what I like doing, basically it's like you draw three and you get to untap all your mana rocks is, is how you usually use it. Like if you're not in green, you just do that. And you can also use it like a secret rendezvous. Like Did you Richard just poo-poo does. a secret rendezvous? Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because, because this, is a, this is a secret rendezvous that untaps all your mana rocks, all right? So you don't even have to pay mana for it. It can be, it's a ritual sometimes, Richard, all right? This is a ritual, okay? It, it makes mana. So you can get enough of a discount to bring it back to three mana? To but you also, you also choose somebody who doesn't, it doesn't matter if they untap all their stuff. Like, you. oh, oh, green. Green player, uh, you can untap your, I don't know, your Oracle of Moldiah. Good for you, you know. And then, and then, so like somebody draws two cards, curry some favor. It's like a it's what Secret yeah. Rendezvous wishes it was. All right, I, I, I agree with you, but I think blue. Secret Rendezvous is the upgraded version of intellectual <laughs> offering at three mana. It's yes, I agree with all your points, Tober. And yeah, you are kind of saying the same thing Richard said about Secret Rendezvous. <laughs> no I mean, man, is it is it a is it a combo piece? Is that why you're playing it? Like, is it some sort of like untap your stuff, storm yeah. off thing? I get, I can well, buy you, that. I can you I draw buy that, cards but... and then immediately cast something else because you just untapped all your mana. I I, I like it in Draw New because you also untap Draw New with it too. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing I know about Draw New is it I've never, never seen actually you cast is on the it. battlefield. Yeah. So. <laughs> week and i'm gonna come back and you'll all see you'll see how good draw new plus intellectual offering is okay all right i, I legit okay. don't think i've ever seen you cast I, you know what I you know what fine my 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 genius is wasted in this group let me know in the comment section below why intellectual offering is so good if you say anything otherwise i will delete it all right bye next up Let's uh, we'll talk about bitter feud crim. Okay, wait, hold on, Mike. What? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> wait, no, Crown of Doom. Sorry. Yeah, oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, like I think one of my favorite cards is Crown of Doom. Another sort of like politicking card in that I can pretty you pretty much assess the th like who's the threat at the table, uh, and if and then that way you just move the crown over to them, and then everybody beats them up. <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 yep. That's that's simply put. Like I, I mean, I love this card in an aggro deck. 
like in my humans deck or anything like oh well who needs to die you let me know all right cool move the crown over there right like <laughs> you know what i mean like so i i do find a lot of joy in the like this card <laughs> it I'm is brutal sure i, I definitely to died to it yeah, I, yeah i'm pretty sure i have also died to crown of doom like it is it is a very scary card that offers a lot of pumping for sure I think I think it was because of this card also we <laughs> the commander clasher Tomer died the fastest he's ever died. <laughs> or something Thanks. like I forget I forgot. <laughs> but it, it was it was like a yeah, like it's such a, a I, I don't know, I, I like this card. I like anything that will allow the table to well benefit, right? Like cause you the table does benefit when they attack this person. I can't I, I agree. Yeah, it's a very good card. <laughs> it also <laughs> falls under my curse, uh, <laughs> my curse uh, trade of thought, where the game just ends for one person. Well, you so, can you, the person can give it away too, right? You you give it away only during your turn, though. Yeah, so, yeah. you have to survive. You just die. Yeah, maybe it's better it. than yeah. a curse. You you just need yeah. to have enough blockers to not die. It's a temporary get a, curse. Okay, okay, you sold me. Okay. Yeah, it's a feel. It's a feel good curse. It, it's, it's really good for for I guess go wide decks. Like you run in and go wide deck like Adeline or something, you get a ton of value out of it. And then that person who you know you you gave the crown to, they have to now give it away. Then they have to spend mana to do that too. So they live. And then it's like, all right, that's that's extra value for me because kind of like I kind of was a little bit of mana denial as well. So that's kind of cool. I like it. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, moving on, Seth, what do you got for us uh, next for, for card number three? Uh, next up, we have one of the cooler equipments Wizards has made in a long time, Assault Suit. Assault Suit, four-man equipment, makes it so the equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, haste, and it can't attack you or Planeswalkers you control, and it can't be sacrificed. And at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you can give that player the creature, essentially, and untap it. So you can put this on one of your creatures and then just send that creature around the table to let your opponent smack each other with it throughout the game. I think it's just a, a really cool design. Uh, you can play it with, like, Voltroni commanders or whatever, but I think it's just, like, a really fun card. It's kind of like the Monarch equipment, but it deals a lot more damage and, and hurts a lot more rather than just letting people draw cards. I, really I mean, like I, this card. <laughs> I, I was gonna I play, say, I think I'm the only one that plays it at the table. Yeah. But then you guys yeah. got smart and like stopped attacking with the creature. So like I'm like, I'm just gonna stop playing this card now because they, they don't attack with my 2020 double strike lifelink or whatever, you know? So I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of useless. Why are you killing people for me? Yeah, so I don't play it as much, but I really do like the card. So my my fondest memory, of, well, the scariest memory, nightmare memory, I guess, of Assault Suit was uh, Chaos Week, where you equipped uh, Ruhan of the Fumori <laughs> with Assault mm -hmm. Suit, and Ruhan must attack every single time, and the, the opponent is chosen at random. But Assault Suit made sure that you could never be attacked by your own commander. So you're just passing by Ruhan, and he's like seven power or whatever, just to start. Uh, so he's smacking like really hard. And with a little bit of buffs, he's starting to, like, you know, two-shot people. Um, and he's going around the table, and he's just like, I remember, like, every single, like, there was a turn cycle. And I was like, if if I get chosen at random, 
uh, like one more time, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like yeah. one turn cycle. You could just die an entire turn cycle. It's just Russian roulette. It's the you. way commanders meant to be played. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I love that. Game. I legitimately yeah. love it. That game was so much fun. Also, just really. <laughs> Uh, I also have a five-color deck, Corona the False God, that really benefits from Assault Suit. Corona says, it kind of, it's like a proto-Assault Suit, where you, at the, at the beginning of each person's upkeep, or each person's turn, they get control of Corona, and Corona can, like, immediately, has haste, can immediately attack, like, a 5-5, five, five, and has an Anthem effect that you just, like, pump up your team. Um, but Corona doesn't have any, like, clause that says you can't attack the owner. Um, so if you just give a Corona away without, uh, you know, having any backup plan, your opponents are just going to be like, oh, so we're all going to attack, you know, Tomer with, with his own commander, kill him with him, right? Right. And then you just die. Uh, so you equip Assault Suit onto Corona first. Corona can no longer attack the owner. And you also can't get a Corona just randomly sacrificed too, which is like a big issue with like these Voltron-y uh, plans is like if you give it a sacrifice player and he's like, oh, sweet. That's one mana off Rexian Altar, you know, like, uh, not as good. Um, so, yeah, I like the card a lot. I just don't have a lot of decks that I actually play it in. But, like, any Voltron deck is kind of pretty sweet. If you can force combat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next card for me is Victory Chimes. Three mana value rock. Uh, untap Victory Chimes during each other player's untap step. Tap it a player of your choice adds colorless. So it's a mana rock where you can target other people. It untaps every turn. The reason we don't play it as much is because it's super annoying on Moto. There's a trigger all the time. It's like two clicks to add mana. But I think it's super useful. I think it's like a legit reason to run a three mana value uh, rock. Like We had the, the tier list where we chose all the good ones. I don't think this one made it on. But the flexibility of giving your opponent mana, like how many games have we been one mana off for Wrath, right? You can do that. Yeah. Uh, if you can work at instant speed, uh, this just gives you like free mana, right? This is better than Born Power Stone, right? It's giving you extra mana every turn. Uh, so I really like this card. It should be played. I think this should be like the default rock. Like Worn Power Stone and Victory Chimes and Skyclave Relic. Like those are the three you should start with and then cut or add. But... I think ramping your opponent is super underrated. Like, you know, off by one for Andu inversion. Here you go, <laughs> right? Or you need, you know, you need that victory one times, <laughs> right? You, you you stifle Seth's manatite forever, right? You can never manatite you ever again, <laughs> right? So yeah, there's a lot of uses for this card. I, I feel like this card leads to a lot of begging because everyone knows you could be giving them mana during your turn because there's no downside. So even like when you do need that one more mana for the Wrath to stabilize is awesome. But I feel like every turn, like you're going to have people asking you <laughs> to give them the mana because why wouldn't you? And if you say no, you kind of you're kind of a jerk because you're not doing anything. With it, so. <laughs> I see. That's even better. <laughs> oh, Crim's gonna start. Crim's gonna start playing it now just to say no. Nope. Nope. And nope. 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 Not this turn. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on to another card that I like even more, though. This is a new one that I, I none one. of us have been able to play because it's not available online. Hooray! Uh, yes. This is Druid of Purification. It's a four mana green. Uh, human Druid creature, 2-3, uh, and when it enters the battlefield, starting with you, each player may choose an artifact or enchantment you don't control. Destroy each permanent chosen this way. You can see there's a little bit of a, 
there's a little bit of a, a trend with the, the political cards that I like where uh, your opponents get to ch chip in on stuff to blow up mutually uh, mutually threatening targets, but as long as those mutually threatening targets aren't your own. So this is kind of like a reclamation st sage on steroids. Instead of just blowing, like you're gonna blow up, you're gonna blow at least one artifact or enchantment with this card, right? And it's only one more mana than a rex sage. So at minimum, it's a rex sage. At maximum, though, you can be blowing up like what, like th like three, four, four? You can blow up four artifacts or enchantments with this. Isn't that yeah. insane? Yeah, I, like I love crazy. this card. This was actually, so I didn't want to, I had this on my list, but I noticed that you had it afterwards, so I took it off. And that's right, a <laughs> green card made it onto my list. That's how good, I think this, I think this card is so much fun. Because, of, like, of the exact things that Tomer had mentioned. It kind of blows my mind this card doesn't see more play. If you look on EDH Rec, uh, this shows up in, like, 3% of decks, and Reclamation Sage is in 21% of decks. And discounting any, like, tribal synergies, isn't this just better like isn't this more powerful than reclamation sage yeah it's like seven dollars though and it's kind of new and it's not never shown it showed up in one pre-con i think that's the main problem with it it's like i think rex sage has shown up in other pre-cons and it's also cheap but your purification is like new it's just, like a year. People just don't know this exists is my guess there's just too many cards <laughs> right. these days this is yeah, like too just many forget, cards right? yeah it's like this one of the 5,000 new cards they printed in the past year. It literally came out this year. Did you know that? It came out this year. <laughs> I thought it came out last year. <laughs> I think it was, it was Forgotten Realms, right? I think it was a yeah, Forgotten, Forgotten Realms. Realms was one of the pre-cons, I think. Or was it oh. set boosters? Or was it collector boosters? I don't know. Then it, then it was fairly recent. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I love the card, though. I think, I, yeah, play it more. I mean, but, well, I guess unless it's the budget thing, then never mind. Bring it on into Gio. How about that? Which is too, just too complicated. complicated. <laughs> the technology just isn't Voting there Voting never works on Voto. All right, whatever. Moving on. Krim, what do you got for us? <laughs> so I've got a bitter feud. I also love this card because I think that this this is just one of those. It, <clears throat> I've played like Dictate. Uh, of whatever the gods or whatever, the one where it doubles the damage. What what, what does the card do? What does the oh, card do? So bitter bitter feud is a four. It's four and a red. It's an enchantment. As bitter feud enters the battlefield, choose two players. If a source controlled by one of the chosen players would deal damage to the other chosen player, or a permanent that player controls, that source deals double that damage to that player or permanent. So. Once again, it's like now make them kiss meme, but instead now make them fight, right? And like so, <laughs> I I this is exactly the type of stuff where it's easily avoidable, right? But sometimes people get into like I can imagine there's groups where you know somebody goes tunnel vision, they see one thing, you know, I see Simic, Tomer sees Ristic study, you know what I mean? And and so like somebody just puts that on us or or somewhere else, and then all of a sudden it could shift the focus or it could make the focus even worse but the thing here is it's just a lot of fun to have uh, these kind of enchantments as you could tell I've got a lot of things that are just pretty much either enchantments or artifacts that kind of make each other either everybody work together or fight each other and, and those are like some of my favorite things in commander I feel like this is another card that's going to make those two players attack you probably <laughs> to get it off of them 100 percent. like every but everything i play first then you do this yeah. i don't know i mean i, I like i legit just like casting these willy-nilly into the sun <laughs> because, 
Why? Because I can. I a hundred. I I think like the last time I played my Mogus deck or anything like that, or my like my Zancha deck. The one thing everybody knows is I often say I don't plan on living past turn five, and that's because <laughs> I play just a bunch of things like these. Well, you put lethal vapors on the battlefield, then you bitter feud, and it's like, what? You're gonna attack me with four creatures? They all die. It's Got a statement. Him. It's letting them know. <laughs> it's letting them know you're missing out on this double get... damage. <laughs> I really like this card. I think it's a fixed curse, right? Like, it's downside on somebody, but they have a fighting chance, right? Because it's not a three v one; it's a one v one, right? And you're not even forcing that one v one. You can just two v one the person that cast this, right? But it's a one v one where you can fight back. So I actually really like this card, but I think, like Seth said, I think people don't play this because it probably just gets you killed. Like I don't think it's good <laughs> enough. I don't know. I, yeah, like, it, it, but it's very easy. Right? It, 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 it's entertaining. It, it, it is 100% entertainment. Like, right? like I, I love and, this card as entertainment, but there's definitely ways that you can protect yourself from getting attacked like you had like, mentioned. Like, you can choose yourself, though, and, like, murder the other person before I the could. game starts. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. you, you cast this and you just hit them and they die and you're like, I guess Square I'm Square up. To let go. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I just, hmm, I just don't see why I would run, like, I, I look at this and it looks like, like a, a very bad version of, like, Gisela, where, like, everybody deals double damage to all your opponents, but you take half damage. Gisela's a creature. Whereas, I don't yeah. like creatures unless they're they're rogues. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no. which are just, which are essentially mill spells on a stick. So, <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I, I don't really know why I would run this one either. But I, I can see why Krim would like it. Is just kind of like a funny make things happen, almost like pseudo trolley style card. It does seem like a Krim card to me. Yeah, it's not. It's L not like good. if you if you had a creature that must attack every turn or something like that can't attack you, and then you feud them up. Like assault suit stuff like that, right? Like, I think like maybe I like I want to build a deck around bitter feud. I think it's hilarious. I think it, <laughs> I think it it would be pretty darn good funny. in, in Cardor because Cardor when it enters the battlefield, it effectively goads all your opponent's creatures. They have to attack somebody, and they can't attack you for that turn cycle. Yeah. So if you bitter feud with Cardor, then you're essentially speeding up the process of which everybody kills themselves. I mean, from a if you're putting it on yourself though, aren't there just better options? Like, can't no, no, you, you, for you, one more mana, like that's the backup emancipation. No, you, <laughs> that, yeah, that's like, that's the, damage, everyone. You choose, that's the you backup plan, and plus you opponent. play that too, right? You do right? all of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, Carter, Carter, Carter says you have to attack somebody else, and bitter feud. You just curse two people, right? Yep. Right. 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 Yep. Mm -hmm. It'd be hilarious. Like you, you like Tober starts bickering with you. You're like, all right, that's it, friend. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's a bitter feud between me and you. You cast it. You throw down the gauntlet. I should every and time murder each other. It's hilarious. Every time Krim is on blue, and I know he has Rhystic study. I should run bitter feud. This is preparation. Like, all right, Seth, you're not gonna pay the one. Bitter feud. Bitter feud. It's, it's, it's like it's the strongest it's like, assertion of dominance where you bitter feud yourself with an opponent. You know, it's like yeah. You enter the gladiator arena, you remove all your armor. You're like, let's go. <laughs> it's basically like an abacus. It's a magic yeah. version of abacus. This is what Coveted Jewel does to us. Play, <laughs> playability versus the message sent. All right, The message sent here is there. All right, you, This yeah. is a prime example of those kind of cards. All right. Moving on. Seth, what, what do you got for us for card number four? 
Ooh, our next card is Tempt with Discovery. We haven't really talked about the, the Tempt cycle at all. There's a there's a whole cycle of these cards, but Tempt with Discovery, four mana green card. It has Tempting Offer. You get to search your library for a land card, not a basic land card, any land card, and put it onto the battlefield. Then each opponent gets to, if they want to, search for a land card and put it into play. And for each opponent that does search, you get to search again and put another land into play. So the floor is four mana, get any land you want from your deck the ceiling is if each your opponent's tutor you're gonna get up to four non-basics altogether for that four mana and this is these are the kind of uh political cards i love the most because you always benefit the most if no one chooses to get a land you got a land no one else got any if one person chooses you get two lands they get one so no matter how the math breaks down you're always going to benefit more but it's still benefiting uh benefiting your opponents and my experience with this card has been that people usually tutor up the land uh so you're often getting your Urbarg slash Cabal Coffers or getting your Field of the Dead and whatever your Thesmian Stage and your Vesuva and your Dark Dabs or whatever. Like people are always going to take the tempting offer. It's just too tempting to uh, to pass up. So yeah, I think this card's actually really, really strong and uh, I should probably play it more. And it's also newly cheap. It was pretty expensive at one point, but they've reprinted it a couple times. So now it's down like to under $2 again. So at one point, this was like a $15 card, I think, right? Yeah, it was it was pretty expensive before they reprinted it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot about this card because it was so expensive for so long. But like, I totally agree with you. Like, if you're at if you're at a table where you cast a spell and consistently nobody takes you up on the offer for mana, put uh, any card into uh, from your library to the to the battlefield. It's not great. Like, I probably wouldn't run in, in that point. But in my personal playgroups, in my personal experience. Everybody takes you up on the offer. Like the first person who takes up the offer, then everybody's like, "Well, if he's taking up the offer, then I'm going to take up well. the offer." <laughs> and then, bada bing, bada boom, you 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 uh, basically ramped yourself for any, any types of lands. So it's going to be your Field of the Dead, plus you know your like Maze of Ith, plus I don't know your Temple of the False God, whatever, whatever. It's all good. It's all gravy. You got a bunch of utility lands, and it's it's super fun. If if people are not, if it really meta dependent, but in the metas that I've been participating in, especially on Commander Clash, people always take it. People always take and, it. And it's just like it's like silly how good it is. <laughs> and and really, you only need two lands for it to be worth it. When you consider mm. that four mana to get two basic lands is still a pretty staple effect at this point in Commander, even though we've talked about it not being as good as it used to be. But like Explosive Vegetation is still a card a lot of decks play. If you get two non-basics with this, that is still like a really powerful effect. Like that's that's an above the curve card. And then when you do get all four, it's just like absurd. And you probably game winning because each of your opponents is only getting one. Like they're only getting one. You get so much more benefit out of it. This is Ristic Study. Like, you, you all know what the correct play is. And the correct play <laughs> yep, is let's yep. play K4 mana to ramp one. But somebody's going to get greedy. And then everyone else needs to get greedy. And then somehow you're like, why did you let this guy pay four mana ramp four? Like, four, like, field of deads. Right? Like, field of dead, fetch land, fetch land, Vesuva, whatever. Field right? of dead, Vesuva, thespian stage. Like, like oh you're like, oh, this happened. But, yeah, I think I think we, we play this, right? I think... We've been building our deck rounds, right? We we should be we playing this over Ranger's Path and Sky Shroud uh, Claim, right? I think this should be the first four mana ramp you put in your deck, right? Maybe um, you until we more. learn to play better. <laughs> yeah, it'll never happen. It'll never. There's no learning. We all know. We just won't I... do it. 
I'm always getting the land, Tomer. You I'm know always that. getting the land. What do you mean? <laughs> there's also also there's a there was a funny rebuttal that I saw every once in a while, and I'm sure somebody was tip tapping away to leave this comment. Maybe they already did. Maybe it's too late, and maybe they're gonna sheepishly delete it. But like people will say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens is. Uh, you tutor up your your land, then everybody tutors up a strip mine. Got him. So everybody strip mines uh, the lands, the extra lands you got. But then it's like, I got to tutor up four lands. You got to destroy three of them. And then they're in the graveyard where I can easily recur it. This is amazing. <laughs> Thank and you. Just, if you're going to strip your mine, land you might as well have not but take the offer, right? Because It's like the most common rebuttal to this card. I see it on the internet all the time. It's like, oh, well, I'll strip mine him. Ha ha ha. Got him. <clears throat> it's like, no, you didn't get us. You went date lands and you put, you put free resources in my graveyard. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anyway. I, ne- I never cash in on this unless everyone else does. Because at this point, I just, yeah. But usually I'm like, no, we're not, we're not going to take this. Yeah, but if I'm going to and Seth's going to, then you're taking it too. Yeah, I, I've got, got yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be behind. You don't want to be the last one. Uh, you know? Yeah, like the realistically, I just hope nobody takes it. Because then you really do just make it so they paid four mana, took their turn off, and did nothing. <laughs> This card is so much more powerful <clears throat> now that Field of Dead is a card. Yeah, now that, that we exists. have good lands to tutor up for any deck, like this is <laughs> then maybe everyone will not tutor a land, <laughs> right? I think would yeah, four right. mana tutor one land be worth? I think it might actually be worth it. Like just just if you get no extra because it's any land, right? Like people play crop rotation. You're two for oneing yourself to get the land you want, right? So like, well, what's the one mana. that gets two? There's this Hour of Promise, I think. Yeah, our promise is five mana. Five mana. Yeah, it's five and mana. And he gets two lands, guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. So four mana get one. It's like not great, but like I mean, now that the, the as we get more and more good lands, like this just keeps going but, up. But what if it's get a land and a zombie token? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's like get a land and fix your mana forever? Get a world tree, right? Like, yeah, like the, the lands are so powerful nowadays. I think that rate is like almost worth it, right? And I'm sure wizards will keep printing ridiculous lands. Yeah. Plus, yeah, if you get yeah. a Temple of the False Gods or like an Ancient Tomb, that's like basically getting two lands, <laughs> right? Also, as Fair. as we're as as we're talking about that too, uh, Piers Wim would be another one that is kind of mm. similar and also does it. It's a four mana. For each player choose friend or foe, each friend searches for a land card and puts it on the battlefield tapped, and then each foe sacrifices an artifact or enchantment. So if you're just getting one land, that might actually be even slightly better to get your Cabal Coffers or your Field of uh, the Dead or whatever. Yeah, because you're getting stronger as this podcast else, right? goes on. You even know <laughs> we had all these good. options. <laughs> yeah, the, you're going to see a lot of these cards hopefully show up in Commander Class soon, because I'm like, oh man, I keep forgetting about these cards. Uh, but another card that I think I think we should play more often too, Richard, wait, hit us hit us with the next uh, big, right. big scoop. The Tom special, Skullwinder. Skullwinder. Uh, two in the green. It's a 1-3 death touch. When it enters the battlefield, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, then choose an opponent, that person does the same thing. So I think strictly better than Ewit. I know Seth debates me on this. It's a 1-3 death touch. It is actually a serviceable body that blocks. Uh, you get to Ewit something, and your opponent gets to Ewit something, which I think is to your benefit like 99% of the time. So I really... I basically see no downside to giving your opponent things if you haven't seen a thing here, right? I, I think you just play it over Ewit. Right, um, and you know the the new four mana Ewit 
is a possibility because it's it's a two for one. But this thing has death touch, which is quite relevant. It'll stop you from dying. You can block. But but you play it, and then they just get a doom blade and kill it. And well, you like don't give it to the person who's going to doom blade. Commander All Star Doom Blade. <laughs> I also imagine that like doom blade s cards. They're probably not using it on this, right? I'm, sure. I, I'm, I never I'm all about making other people play wraths. Right? I target Seth. Seth gets the wrath back from his graveyard. He wraths. Right? I come out with like a free card in hand. <laughs> The fact that it has I mean, the, death touch is so sweet. I love it. The, I love seeing other people play this card because there's some chance they're going to eat it for me, but I I refuse to do it. I just I just play the Eternal Witness. All right, I feel Seth, like you, you do this. Here, here's there's your dream scenario. You Skullwinder me. I get secret rendezvous. I rendezvous <laughs> with you. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. I'm in. I'm in for that. Look, okay. Look at, look at that value. Look at that value. <laughs> and then friendship. and then I'll draw my tempt with discovery, and you can tutor up a land. I'll get another one. I think we we got a we got a little two at a giant deck going here. Krim, we got to band together. I'll, yeah. I'll Jewel, you attack me for yeah. non existent Yes, Krim will band together with you with with his lethal vapors and bitter bitter feud. You. <laughs> lethal vapors. Your skull wonder no longer can block because it's dead. Got him. Check this. <laughs> All right, you lethal vapor. We 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 bitter feud each other. Get our health real low. Then we uh pay. What is it? Repay in kind. Oh, there it no. is. There it is. We got to do another two out of giant. I think this is what's brewing up to be. <laughs> we got all these cool politics cards. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Moving on. We got a card that. Okay. So this is this is okay. This is the jankiest card that i will bring up but i will fight to the death that is actually good sometimes <laughs> it's a it's death is certain all right and trust <laughs> me trust me all right okay so it doesn't sound good but uh, trust me all right so this is pulse mage advocate i know you probably you're probably looking it up but i'll spare you by uh, telling you exactly what it does it's a three mana white cleric creature one three big stats uh it has a very powerful activated ability uh, you can tap it and return three target cards in an opponent's graveyard to their hand, and you return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Not to hand, to the battlefield for no mana! No mana at all! So a no mana, repeatable, tap activation reanimation uh, for a creature, any creature in your in your graveyard. I run this card in my Niambi uh, Esteem Speaker deck, which is a Zorius Reanimator. And let me tell you, it looks like trash. It does, it 100% <laughs> looks like trash. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, Tomer, this is a bad card. You're tip tapping away in the comment section saying how bad it is. Let I me tell you, this is the best reanimation comment, card. It, it's the best reanimation <laughs> card in the deck. <laughs> it's the best. I return like a Nezahal or something, you know, some seven mana beer. And you know what I give you instead? I'll give you like some of your fetch lands, you know? You you crack some fetches, I'll give you those. You know, some some random thing. I could even use it politically. I'll be like, hey, uh, we have a mutual enemy. How about you I'll return you the uh, Doom Blade to your hand, and then you can use it together. We were just talking about Skullwinder, how good Skullwinder is, Richard. This universe Richard, is very buddy. weird. There's just Doom Blades everywhere. <laughs> Everybody's writing Doom Blades and Lightning I'm thinking bolts. how good this is. I'm like, I'm it's one so hand. good. Yo, Richard, so, you love Skullwinder. You got you to gotta back me on this one. This is an all-star. But Yambi. three cards is a lot, right? Yeah, and but, yeah, but you choose which cards they are. 
you I mean, it's, you a, choose. it's a secret rendezvous. You just get to yeah. animate something rather than drawing your part of the card. It's your two favorite rendezvous. It's your two favorite cards. It's rendezvous and Skullfinder put yeah, in that this one. Yeah, this is like made for Richard. So I agree with Tomer. In a dedicated reanimator deck, right? This is really good. Like, whatever three cards you give your opponents, you're reanimating like a bomb out of your graveyard. But would you play this as a value play? Like, if you're just a generic deck... Is three cards worth a random reanimation? In that sense, no. I don't know that it is. But like, but it, you give someone three deck. fetches, but like their graveyard can run low. You're gonna have to give them something good eventually. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but in a rean, oh, also in crim in a in a mill deck, in a mill deck, you know, you got your court of milling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Esper rogues. Esper you give rogues. Them, you give them three lands, you know? You'd be like, hey, hey buddy. I would some take land three lands, though. Here that's, you go. Some land. Three lands is a land tax activation. Yeah, that's pretty good. Land tax activation. Yeah. I can see it in, like, white reanimator just because you're desperate. I mean, white does. They are. I don't even know. I don't even know if I see it in white reanimator. There's, like, enough reanimation spells. Why do you Why do you have to play this one? You would think there's a lot of reanimation spells, but let me tell you. Not so much. <laughs> it is literally just Breath of Life, right? And like a few nine. Yeah, but Breath spells. of Life is four and, and one one it's a one shot. This is three. It's a Repeatable. creature, so you can even you could even reanimate the advocate. Ah. Layers. I, layers here. You're animating this with to try the this in a generic deck. I, I think it's close. I, I think Tober yeah. has some valid points here. I think it actually may be good in a generic deck. So I'm gonna try it. <laughs> My yes! best take <laughs> My biggest takeaway from the cast so far is I really don't understand why Tomer doesn't like Secret Rendezvous. Now that we've talked about all these other cards, he trashed Secret Rendezvous, but loves every other similar card. Cheaper, cheaper reanimates my Avacyn, and uh, it's repeatable. And okay. and I get to choose which cards you get to draw, you know? They actually are just that drawing. Is big. <laughs> you are drawing, but it's selective draw. It's not like, oh, you get yeah. to draw whatever you want. It's like, oh, no, you get to draw three lands. The problem is most people don't have trash in their graveyard, right? Most people, like, That's unless, why. <laughs> like, unless you're self-mill or something, there's, like, not just random garbage in your graveyard, right? There's probably good cards you played already. So giving three could be dicey. <laughs> Like I, this is this is definitely the most controversial one. Hopefully, I won. I won some people over. You know, it's you won me it, over. We, we will see. False page advocate. You don't don't run in generic decks. You run a reanimator, and I'd run in an Orzhov reanimator too. Honestly, I love this card. Well, in so. Orzhov reanimator, you have a way to like lay line of the void. No, you have to right? return. Oh, you have to. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! So you can't even get around that. Oh, no, that card yeah. two or anything. You can't target. Just plummet. He's so overpowered. You can just reanimate for free. Look, if you're trying to play a creature from what set is this? Judgment. You gotta. <laughs> you need to know oh. it's been power crept. <laughs> right? Oh, oh, oh! What about this? Think about this. Think about this. You you reanimate. Okay, okay. You're in a. You're in like uh. You're Boros, Boros or Azorius. You reanimate something. You give them the stuff back, and then you wheel. You windfall, or you like wheel them. <laughs> Boom. Combo, combo, right there. Combo. <laughs> and then it puts a bunch more cards in the graveyard, so you can do and it then again you the, the, the yeah. next turn. It fuels the advocate, and then you have more stuff to reanimate, more stuff to give back, and then you you build them again. You get back Magus of the wheel. Boom, combo. 
You've sold me enough to try I it. in it. Reanimator. In can't White be. Reanimator in specific. <laughs> the next I, time I you can, played Mono White Reanimator, <laughs> yes, so I'll give it a shot. Now I'm the deck. There's, does, there's dozens of us. All right, moving on. Uh, Krim, what do you got for us for number four? So number four, I actually have a commander deck built around him. Uh, Shadrick's uh, Silver Quill. Mm. This card is just a fun token commander. Um, because first off, I mean, usually I'm giving myself the two one and then I'll just let somebody else draw a bunch of like draw a card or, or, uh, maybe put some one, one counters on somebody that has no creatures. But, but the thing (laughs) here is it is fun to have a commander where you can actually just once again, at the beginning of combat, just target somebody else, give them something. It is fun. Although usually, like Seth had mentioned, you do want it to benefit you a little bit more. So oftentimes I'll just use my Shadricks to like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> get a bunch of one ones and give you a two one right like obvious and that through that you can build alliances too hey i gave you that two one now go attack richard go go finish the job i need your help so uh shadrix just seems like a fun orzov style you know kind of commander and then you also get to play like orzov ad advocate in the deck too which is like another way to like get extra politicky it, it's super fun brina I do think it is like the sweetest Orzov politics commander. So I do, I do like it. It's, it's more of a build around for me though. Like I wouldn't just run it in a random Orzov deck, but I think as far as building around it, it's it's kind of like Orzov Feldegriff, or about as close as you can get to Orzov mm-hmm. Feldegriff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't see this as political. I see every time Krim plays, it's all upside for him. <laughs> like he targets you himself to draw that. a card, targets the player with no creatures, and then is like, uh, what? <laughs> so, you, you, yes, yeah. it is a very strong card, and usually it's just all upside for you. <laughs> <laughs> Two, usually it will be, but like I have given out 1 1 counters, okay? I have. For a favor. Like for down, a favor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always I've always seen this card uh, overperform uh, whenever Shadrick is on the battlefield, uh, but I have like you you don't have to use it politically. I like I also like that too. It's like you can use it to help people out, but you also sometimes if somebody has no creatures, you just be like, all right, get plus one plus one counters. Don't spend it all in one place, <laughs> um, and you draw a card or something like that. Like that's great too. But like the fact that you can always help people out with it is also super cool. And I love, like, I also love the artwork. I don't know. The aesthetics of it is really cool. Um, and I also love the fact that it has double strike. So it, like, holds swords really well. I guess nope. none of these things are political. But I just really <laughs> like the <card. laughs> It's really good. I, the it's best really political fun. cards are the non-political <laughs> cards. They only benefit yourself, actually. <laughs> this card actually has tons of political favors, though. You can keep in your pocket yeah. whenever you need it. So that's the that's the fun in it. The versatility is there. Obviously, yes, you can also just dunk somebody with double strike. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's lovely. Which, by the way, the one one counter you target yourself with, you know, now that's that's three. That's a three six. It's got a very massive dump truck booty. It is legitimately able to block forever. Very political of it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Seth, what do you got for us? The last card. We're, we're the final countdown. <laughs> uh, so my last card is a, a two drop creature. 
Humble Defector. Humble Defector, a red two drop. It's a two one. It's a human rogue. You can tap it to draw two cards and then you gotta give it to target opponent. Uh, and they of course can also tap it to draw two cards. On their turn, you can only do it as a sorcery. So basically a red creature divination that just bounces around the table and lets everyone draw cards. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, like kind of the definition of a political card. I love drawing cards. You can, like Richard was talking about with Secret Rendezvous, give it to the person who's mana screwed, the person who's gonna maybe harm you the least. Uh, and you can even try to work out some sort of deal where if I give it to you, will you give it back to me the next turn so then I can draw more cards and just kind of pass it back and forth and leave the, the arch enemy or the person that's really far ahead out of the humble defector uh, kind of chain. So. I think it's a neat card. I don't play it that often, every once in a while, but I think it's uh, I think it's pretty fun. It hits all the the important parts. It's a human. It's a rogue. And it does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not blue or black. Uh, but I play yeah. Mardu humans, and I play Grixis rogues. So either horror works for me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I I I love exactly like what Seth had mentioned. Oftentimes, you get to there's just one person that's very far ahead. And you're able to just go, hey, you and I, let's just play a little game of ping pong here back and forth with this card. And just we pull super far ahead uh, through that. So I, yeah, this is a fun card. I feel this card's dated as well. I feel we used to see this a lot. It's currently at 3% in EDH rec. But over the years, Wizards has printed so much uh, red like pseudo draw, like the exile, like Jessica's will, wheel of misfortune. Like we've loaded up on a lot of red card draw, so this has fallen out of favor a bit. But I think it's still pretty good. Uh, you can play with Arden. You can draw two cards and then clamp, skull clamp it with Arden to draw <laughs> two more cards. Uh, so there's like some cute things you can do with it. But yeah, I think it's still a solid card. I think people would still play it. But I think we have so much card draw nowadays in red that people aren't as desperate. So they, they just want to take all the cards for themselves and not pass it around the table. <clears throat> also works really well with Homeward Path and other things that give you your permanence back. So you can just keep doing it every turn, draw two. When it's tap draw to every turn, I think that's even good by 2021 standards. This is yep. also just Secret Rendezvous, by the way, for all you Secret Rendezvous haters. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, so I, I still this run into my not. Zedra deck. I still run into my Zedra deck because if I give it to somebody, either they give it back to me, which is great, then I can use it again, or they don't give it back to me and I draw a card off Zedru. And also I run Homeward Path, obviously, in that deck as well, and ways to uh, return uh, creatures that I own but don't control uh, back to my hand or back to my side of the battlefield a bunch of different ways. Um, so it's like all upside for me. And I, I think I'm, I don't know when it, when it was printed, but I think the moment it was printed, it went to the deck and it never came out. So it's been like, this card is hilarious. So when I, when I grind the EDH rooms on Moto, I've seen people play this card and they're like, I'm going to cast humble defector and we're going to pass it around counterclockwise. Right? And then so we, we pass it around counterclockwise, and then like one guy decides to not do it, and oh, then the no. whole table just murders them. <laughs> like the rest of the game, they're arch enemy, right? And I'm like, wow, okay. But yeah, so That's it's like, amazing. don't break the, the humble defector rule on Moto, but it's, it's just hilarious. It's like, I'm just going to play this. We're going to pass in a circle around this way, okay? Did they, okay. Did they, put, a chat, did they put that in chat, or is yeah. it just like implied? Like In chat, in chat. They Type it out, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then so one one person decides to break it, and the whole table is just like, "Well, he, he broke the rules. Got to kill him." <laughs> get, get that's him. kind of amazing. Maybe that's that's the true power of it. As long as like you you hope that somebody breaks the rules and they're effectively dead, they just don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's amazing. All right, moving on. Richard, what's your final pat? What's your final pick? There we go. On on the things. All right. I have Scheming Symmetry. It's a single black mana, one mana value sorcery. Choose two target players. Each of them searches their library for a card, puts it on top. Uh, well, shuffles the library, then puts the card on top. So Sorcery Speed Vampiric Tutor, where you can choose yourself and an opponent or two opponents. Uh, I think this is severely underrated. Uh, like I, I'm all about the Wrath. I'm all about Seth casting the Wrath, right? Where Seth... <laughs> You tutor up the Wrath because I can't tutor it up because I can't draw it this turn. It's on top of my library, but you're going next. So you tutor up the Wrath. Uh, or if you need, like, you know, Krim has a super lockdown, right? You're like, okay, uh, Seth, you get a counter spell. Tomer, you get the undo inversion, right? And then together we could destroy Krim, right? So I, I feel <laughs> there's a lot of things you can do with this card. I feel people aren't playing it enough and you can sneak your way out of it right you can put your combo win on top and then focus the direction to like Seth casting the wrath and if he doesn't cast the wrath he's the bad guy he too he could tutor he did not right but i i can't draw my card now it's all on seth so blame seth for everything right so i just love how this card plays i've i and full agree with richard i full agree I with richard guessing. I gotta stop casting Wrath for Richard. You gotta stop casting Wrath when I ask you to. That's this is like that's a peek into the yeah. mind of Richard, and I'm like scared. <laughs> it it is true though, right? Like, because then you don't get to draw the card immediately, so you just kind of force the person to like then answer, use their turn to kind of do it. Like, I love this card. This was actually smart. going to be on my list, but then I saw that you had it, so I didn't want to make it uh, for the thing. But the the main thing I also love about this card is that you can also force someone to actually. <laughs> I knew. No, 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 like, like, there's, there's force a way to force the table to kill them, right? Like, I remember the one game where Phil and I, right? I was like, "Yo, Phil, <laughs> I'm gonna let Seth tutor, and if he untaps, we lose the game." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. <laughs> so you I, 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 it was the bold move where he forced the kill on Seth. <laughs> I, I, I think I talked my way out of it though by getting a land or something. I, I convinced I'm pretty sure I convinced Phil that I would I would tutor up something bad enough to not kill me, but that was a pretty sneaky line. I will I will give you that. Like it, it, it also yeah. was a, <laughs> go ahead, go also ahead. a way to make people uh to make people shuffle, which uh, like Obnixilis mm -hmm. uh, cares about your opponent like searching their library and then they gotta take damage. So there's some other additional shenanigans with certain commanders, or you can uh, be a mill commander and like mill away the card that they put on top, and then you get a vampire tutor without paying vampire tutor prices. So I like this card too. I don't really play it, but I do like it. Or you let them tutor their best card, and then you hit them with something that exits <laughs> off the top, like yeah. a Night Vale Spectre. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a Crim specialty. Like he has a like it is like you put this in a rogue deck or something. Like there's so many ways to break the symmetry. You mill it, you exile it, you control his their tutoring, so you just get it with opposition agent. But I, I didn't think about it the way where like you're not running it with any ways to break it, and you just use it deviously to force <laughs> your opponents to work. Uh, manipulate them behind the scenes like that is that is stone cold evil and i love it <laughs> this card this card went up in my book just after that conversation i think yeah all right uh my last card this is a a, a Seth specialty this is i think one of Seth's favorite cards ever uh this is arcane denial uh this is one of my favorite uh it was a card that i did not like initially uh, but I've I've since Rightly. made it's now one of my favorite uh, counters in the in the format. You've seen the light. It's, 
It's it's two. Uh, it's an instant two uh, mana, one and a blue to counter target spell, any spell, and then that uh, caster may or uh, the spell's owner can uh, draw two cards at the beginning of the next upkeep, and you get to draw a card at the beginning of the next upkeep. So effectively, uh, you're down a card uh, compared to your opponent. Your opponent gets to draw two. Uh, you get to draw one, and you both did one for one. So they're up one. Uh, you're you're down nothing, and or yeah, you're down nothing. They're up one, and everybody else is not up anything. I think it it makes a lot of sense. It's also like the least. It's also the least mean or like the least feel bad counter spell because a lot of people don't like being countered in. In, in Magic the Gathering, there's just like a stigma against it. It just feels bad to have your spell countered. But people do not res- do not respond as poorly when you arcane denial them because you're getting they're they're get to draw two cards afterwards too. So yeah, they lost the spell they actually cared about and the the one you cared about because not all cards are equal. Obviously, you dealt with the threat, uh, but your opponent's not as mad as at you. Which I think is a really nice middle ground. So it's the, pat, um, it's, it's the padding on the yeah. back, like, hey, bud, here yeah. you go, have two cards, even though I just countered your win con. <laughs> and it's a, it's a counter spell, but it's also easier to cast because you, yeah. it's not double blue, it's it's one generic and a and a blue, so uh, it's also easy, easier to splash, easier to cast, and just any mana base. So I think this I, card is like awesome. Yeah. So. I feel like this is a tough sell as a as a political card. Like with Skullwinder, I can understand. Like, okay, like you're giving me something. Maybe I'll do you a favor. Or uh, with Secret Rendezvous. Oh, you drew me three cards. I'm in your debt for the rest of the game. <laughs> is this really gonna work? Like, I counter your bomb in next turn. You get to draw a couple cards, so you <laughs> owe me. Like that doesn't. I, I don't okay, know if okay. I can. I, I replace your Sun Titan with, with two planes. Are you? Are we cool? <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll spin it a different way. Let's say, let's say uh, there's an arch enemy at the table, and Seth, mm-hmm. you're like, I don't have any answers, but I have a lot of board wipes in my deck, and I have, I have like this crappy, I don't know. I'm running Hedron Archive, which is a garbage card. <laughs> I'll cast, I'll cast Hedron Archive, and then you, I'll, you, I'll counter it with the Arcane Denial. Boom! You get to draw two cards. Mm-hmm. Boom. I like and, Tilbert and just admitted that Hedron Archive is good because Hedron Archive is six it's a mana garbage. draw two cards. No. This is <laughs> also six mana draw two cards. But this is actually a good card. Whereas except Hedron except Archive, Hedron Archive gets the cards right away. This is like you, you gotta go to the, the next. Deck. <laughs> All right, what if it's like a Wayfarer's Bobble? You paid one mana to cast it. <laughs> if I knew I you were it. always going to be countering my worst cards, then yes. That that would actually <laughs> win you some, if this, uh, some if points. If you cast Hedron yeah. Archive, I'm going to counter it just to send a message. <laughs> I mean, from a from a more spiky perspective, I don't want my counters to draw you cards. I don't want to put you up a card when I counter your spell. I get it if you're playing like a CDH combo deck it's, or it's something. It's a remand. But... It's a remand. It's a, but better than remand, right? It's it gets a lot rid of, of remand. It's gone. Yeah, it's like a it's a temple play. It's like I don't know, like memory lapse. Maybe I don't know what it's like. I think it's better than uh, memory lapse because they aren't. You're, you're getting draw it rid again. of the threat, right? So you're countering their emergent ultimatum, and then they get like planes. Something crappy, but it, right? If they get also, like Skullwinder, Skullwinder, then yeah, you're screwed, right? But most <laughs> of the time, you're getting rid of their threat. So I think it is a good card, but I agree with Seth. It's not political, really. 
Like, you, I guess you can, like, really, but who's going to do this, right? Like, you're so desperate that you're casting a bobble to Arcane Denial to draw two cards to cast at instant speed to Big somehow plays. save yourselves. Like, it's a little deep there. Well, you want, you want me to replace it? I'll replace it if you want me to swap it out. Tomer, no, I, I, I love that card so much, but I also don't know how that's Fine, fine. You know what? You know what? We're replacing it. Boom. I'm taking it out. I'm putting you in should. Council's Judgment. It's a four, it's three mana sorcery. <laughs> All right. This was also on the list. It just got cut, but I thought maybe we could talk about Arcane now, but it's fine. Uh, three mana sorcery, white, uh, one white, white sorcery, will of the council. Starting with you, each player votes for a non land permanent you don't control. Exile each permanent with the most votes or tied for the most votes. So uh, you choose a target, and all your opponents get to choose a, a vote on a target as well. Uh, what this is going to happen is it's either going to basically remove one thing, you know, it's going to remove exile one thing, but sometimes you can you can kind of shift the vote, shift the public opinion to take out two things. You'll be like, hey, I know, hey, I'm, I, I know I'm removing one of your exiling one of your things, buddy, but, you know, you can get even with the other guy who's also a mutual enemy of ours. If we both vote for blah, you know, blah, and you get two things. But. Not not political <laughs> enough. Next, what's next on the list? <laughs> no, actually, I I I really like Council's Judgment. It's a card that I've played quite a bit. I think it's a really fun uh fun way to have a removal spell. And you're right, sometimes you get two things out of it. And I like cards that make the table interact. And this usually leads to a pretty interesting conversation from the table about like, oh, if we do it this way, we can get rid of this things. And it ends up being hopefully mutually beneficial for for most of the table and takes the arch enemy down a peg or two so i i like this card a lot oh yeah this is also a card that's fallen out of favor it's only two percent but i actually think it should be played so it's three mana removal but it removes anything and everything like hexproof shroud whatever right gets rid of all that because you can vote for that right so i think we should play it more i don't know why we don't play it as much because once again like a lot of the newer cards that are printed you just straight up answer the permit, right? As opposed like, I think to I'd rather just Ondu inversion or Alrim. Yeah. Like, for, like, you know, like, man, forget this, right? Like, I'll just wipe the whole board if it's so problematic, I think, right? I, I think, think that's Generous the Gift. I yeah. think Generous Gift was the nail in the coffin there. Because Generous Gift is also three mana. It also deals with any permanent. It doesn't exile it, but it's instant speed. Is it newer? So, like, is Generous Gift actually Generous Gift is, is newer, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's what happens. I always play Generous Gift. But yeah, then there's always that stupid so indestructible or hexproof thing that you can't get rid of, right? Yeah. And this can still two for one. I mean, it's still good, but like being sorcery, I think, is what hurts the most. But I still like it. But anyway, that was my final pick because you didn't like Arcane Venal. It's fine. We'll move on to Krim. Round it out for us. What's the final card, the final list? And just in like my typical fashion, the last card has to be a rogue. <laughs> um, but it is Varagoth, uh, the one from Kaldheim. I, I don't know his full name. <laughs> I should actually look up his full Blood name. Blood Sky Sire. Blood Sky Sire. There it is. So for those that don't know Varagoth, Blood Sky Sire, uh, what it, his, he has Death Touch. He's a 2 3 for 3 mana, 2 and a black. Uh, boast, uh, 2 mana. Target player searches their library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it. Now, 
you may think that yes i everybody knows the opposition agent line here yes i can do that or if i have it but though i have used this uh quite a fair amount as much like how richard would use like scheming symmetry in that hey i need we need to sweep the board or does anybody have a bane of progress or something like that so i'll attack you know and i get to sneak in a little bit of damage here uh and you know like let me attack and then i'll let you tutor up something and then uh, so i kind of use scheming symmetry varagoth I, I love lots of tools like that where i'm able to also like help my opponent's tutor as weird as it sounds because usually i can abuse it in some way shape or form <laughs> but but yeah like that's pretty much what i like doing with varagoth and then on top of that uh you know like it's a rogue and a demon so it's a two for one for me and i love this card other than that <laughs> that's like, pretty sweet i actually didn't realize until right now that this actually could target any player that actually makes it much more interesting for uh for commander because you can do those very sneaky richard shenanigans of making me tutor up a wrath apparently and spend my turn casting it <laughs> <laughs> now that you know are you going to are you going to be no. so eager no to, I'm, I, yeah. I'm done being richard slacky <laughs> casting all richard wrath Richard. Cast your own wrath, Richard. How am I gonna play now? I gotta play my own wrath? What is this? Now I'm gonna attack uh, and target you, Richard, and make it hey, you go get the wrath. I don't have wraths in my deck. Sorry, I'm well, a deck. <laughs> also, also slightly off topic. I just want the Commander Clash crew to know. We were watching the stream. We, we we pop in for the premieres of Commander Clash. Richard mentioned very briefly at the intro before we had to go to this recording. He's like, I wish, I, I hope maybe one day I'll, I'll throw the game or something so I can finally say Clash on. So he was humble bragging that he never gets knocked out first. So he never gets to say Clash on. The, the, the hubris. The audacity. Of, of I'm supporting <laughs> you and your Clash on initiative. How can you call me out like that? I'm just saying. He can't keep getting away with it. He can't. Also, you, want, you want this weak sauce Clash on from Krim or Seth? Or you want a good quality Clash on from which, which, by the way, I had to have a quick uh, touch up on that too, Tomer. I had you, you know, I step out and, you know, you fill in, you get rehired and you die first. As the, so I have to say Clash on again the next week it's, it's an honor <laughs> yeah, I, like, uh, I think that one. I think well, Tom was on purpose but yeah go ahead. <laughs> I think I think your card's really good I think I'm gonna auto include in every black deck now um, I've seen like Phil Phil played it recently and we're like oh you can actually tutor for other people uh, I really value death touch like the three mana two three death touch uh, pretty much ensures that it's gonna attack through like people won't block it because <laughs> they don't want to trade with it but it gives you a body to block with. And I'm a big believer in having any small bump to stop people from attacking you. Like, you got Curse of Opulence, I have a 2-3 Death Touch. You, you sure you want to send your creature in? I'll block, <laughs> right? So that and the versatility to tutor for yourself or someone else, I think this should be auto-include. And you can also sack the body if you have, like, sack synergies, you're in black. Um, you can reanimate. You can do all kinds of things with this thing. So I actually really like it. So I think... I think all my black decks are just like totally autofilled. Like I have like 99 staples to put in every single black <laughs> deck now. <laughs> all, mm. all decks start with like Scheming Symmetry, Varagoth, uh, Common Jewel, Dowsing Dagger. <laughs> like the deck is already full. I don't know what to do anymore. Opposition all these agent. Political cards. Opposition agent. <laughs> Opposition <laughs> agent. I'm not as high on it because it's still like it's three man. It's a three mana down payment. Then Boast requires you to attack first. Uh, so three mana, then you have to attack, then you have to pay another two mana to tutor, and it doesn't go through your hand, it goes to the top of the library. 
So it's like a lot of extra steps. And also, I, I don't know what Richard's saying, but like if I have a creature that is not like absolutely, absolutely necessary, I will trade with, with this Varagov because I don't want you tutoring every single turn. I feel like if it has evasion and if it has haste, uh, like it gets it gets super good because it's like just re it's a repeatable tutor and it's on a creature. Like most tutors are not on creatures, and especially not like as as versatile as this. Like we have CDC, and I, I don't even know what else, honestly. But but you yeah. know all those games, Tomer, where you're like at three mana, you have nothing to do, and you're like, I'm gonna tutor, but I have no idea what I'm tutoring because like the game hasn't developed enough. Like this is the yeah. perfect play, right? You have a blocker. Uh, you can tutor when you decide to tutor later, That's true. right? You, you don't you need don't to tutor to up something random that you don't know what you're doing yet, right? So it's like a slow yeah. play. It's not like if you're playing Storm, you're not playing Varagoth, right? You're going to play your real tutors. But for like a generic deck, it's like a slow play tutor. I also yeah. love like you can you can literally, you can sun tighten up a tutor. I'm just so cool. <laughs> like, like it dies, whatever. And then you're like, oh, I need to tutor again. Sun tighten or whatever. <laughs> Seven's Reclamation. Varagoth, go go go! <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a really cool deck or card. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, somehow, some way, we actually manage uh to squeeze in all of our picks, all the cards we wanted to talk about, uh, in the span of an hour and a half, which is kind of a record for us. So job well done, everybody. Um, and yeah, hope you enjoyed our lists let us know obviously in the comment section below uh what your favorite political cards are and what you think about the cards that we picked up uh we picked and discussed here do you think they're good do you think they're bad unless it's <laughs> unless it's like false mage advocate i will not stand for any any heresy about that that card is a, a gem right, let, let us know what you think about arcane denial <laughs> as a political powerhouse <laughs> Anyway, so that's our show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. And as always, uh, if you want to support the show, please be sure to like and subscribe. It always really, really helps us out. And the vast majority of you are not subscribing and not clicking that little button, uh, the little thumbs up button. So if you could do that, that would be great. And then if you also want to uh, buy stuff like Richard's Wall, or I mean the playmats on Richard's Wall, uh, mtgmerch.com, you can buy all those playmats and more. Uh, from Rich's Garage straight to you. And that's it for us, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. And until next time, friends, see ya.